Welcome to Canterbury Business, The Lowdown. It's produced by the team here at Tandem Studios and created with the help of our amazing partners, Christchurch NZ and the Canterbury Chamber of Commerce. One of the major industries that our economy relies on is hospitality. And in this episode, we wanted to chat to some of the local business owners that you might have heard of to see how they've been affected through all of this. And the answer is probably very obvious. They haven't been operational since we've gone into Level 4. But it'll be interesting to find out how they've been ticking away to get ready to reopen as soon as possible. So first of all, we've got Alastair Castles, who's the founder of Castles Brewing Company. Now, you'll know these guys from their amazing restaurant in Woolston and their delicious wood-fired pizza. Their story begins in the early 80s when the Castles men first discovered whole grain brewing. And in 2010, just before the earthquakes, their brewery was just making ground at its current site at the tannery. So they've been around for a long time, and through all of the trials and tribulations that most of Canterbury's uh, Cantabrians have been through as well. So Alastair Castles, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us about your lockdown. Uh, Where are you? What have you been doing? How have you been coping? Well, um, my my lifelong partner, uh, Bridget, and I... um, are out in the out, out in the uh, Allendale Valley, which is um, past Governors Bay. Uh, we've got a beautiful um, little farmlet here, and it looks uh, down the valley um, overlooking the harbour. It's a very idyllic spot, um, and uh, it's just quiet and, and beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Is it giving um, you some time to spend thinking about the next steps? For, for you personally and, and for your business interests? Well, um, yeah, it does. I mean, I, I, I would have started, um, I mean, lock, lockdown came pretty quick. It was just yeah, uh, yeah. bang, smack, there, there we were faced with it. And, um, you know, I, I generally get, um, I generally get spreadsheeting and and, uh, and I suppose I spent the first two weeks in, in, uh, in Panic mode, trying to work out how it was all going to work, and I sort of stopped doing that in a way. And and I've I've started to dream a lot about <laughs> about how it might work because um, the sort of assumptions you make when you try to work it out properly you just just keep changing. And and I guess um, dreaming <laughs> dreaming is not a is not a bad way to handle the situation. Um, I, I can relate to that completely. <laughs> um, is is that what you do? Is it similar? to post-earthquake because I know with Castles, the, the bar that you open in Wollstone and the whole tannery complex, you know, you, you got into that pretty quickly. Is there yeah, similarities now to then? Uh, there's a little bit. There, there is a little bit, but I guess, I guess it, was, it, was a wee, it was a wee bit different with the earthquake because we, we were just hell-bent to go and firing to go and we sort of beat everyone to the mark, really. I mean, we, we, we got our... Um, we got our little brew bar going in about a hundred days after the earthquake, and we were the only bar open. But um, that, that, that was a funny story too, really, because the, the um, where the where the where the brew bar is um, was a building we were going to demolish because we had a we had a grander plan, which was to develop um, two or three two or three, two or the two or three of those buildings in the tannery into a fairly big sort of brew pub, but. We were going to reinstate the old tannery gardens where the where the brew bar is now, but after the earthquake, it was the only it was the only decent building we had. So very quickly, it got converted into a bar. 
and um, it was it was amazing. Um, I mean, when we opened, it was just it really was amazing because it was the first bar that we opened on that side of town, and there was no music venues open in Christchurch, and and every night we had a gig. You know, we had a we had a you know full dinner service, and then tables moved back, and and then there was music, and that that was pretty typically every night. Um, shortly after the earthquake until other other venues started opening. But, and um, the pizzas, of course, you got that wood fire pizza. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, pretty it, quickly. Yeah, yeah, it, it it created a it created a beautiful atmosphere, which really we've had we've had good business ever since then because I think people remember the times and and I, I mean they were they were strange times those, but um, I guess mm. people still remember that, and uh, it has helped us. I mean, we we with the bar's been busy ever since. Um, Last nine years or so, we've been we've we've had a very good run. I think we had to replace one of our pizza ovens because it um it gave up after half a million pizzas. But uh, yeah. Well, you, you you talked earlier just uh, about being a fan of the dreaming. Yeah. What you've done at the tannery was that part of the dream, or did yeah. you just kind of go, oh, we'll do a bit more. Oh, oh, we can do a bit. You know, tell us about how you created the tannery after you opened up the Castles Brew Bar. Well, it. It, it's it was a bit of a vision really i mean it 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 we had um you know i took advice from quite a few architects i had ian Atfield gave me a, a lot of help early on and um he he saw the need for a for an internal sort of corridor because the the, the tannery buildings i mean they're, they're beautiful um Brick, triple triple brick, brick buildings that have got sort of Oregon trusses and and uh, you know that's that sort of uh, sawtooth roof. It's just quite iconic. Um, but the buildings are about or thirty meters long, and there was a need for it that to be separated into smaller areas. So we needed a we needed some sort of corridor through the middle, or we needed to break them up. And initially, we thought something random, you know, some sort of ran, random. Um, sort of corridor might do it and uh, it, it still wasn't sort of gelling in my head and um, I remember I went to um, Sydney and Melbourne once uh, just in that year after the earthquake to try and get some sort of um, inspiration from from what uh, Victorian shopping centres might look like and really the moment I saw the Strand Arcade it was like a it was like a vision um, uh, you know, the, the experience was quite, um, quite uh, well, it was quite strong. I, I, I just knew when I saw it that I could, I could make the Strand Arcade in, inside the tannery. And it was a nutty idea. And I guess um, people laughed at me and, and, and um, I certainly had a few detractors with my, with my consultants. But really, um, I, I stuck to my guns and, 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 and created... Um, the atrium, which is really central to the whole um, idea of the of the tannery, and it it, it gives it you know a wonderful uh, feeling. And, and I we were we were fortunate then because we had you know fifty or so displaced tenants from town, and they wanted somewhere to go, and we we sort of sold them the vision of the tannery, and and they all they all took it on, and I think really I I delivered it in spades. I mean we. We've uh, we've got we've got a very unique shopping centre. It's a 
uh, destination sort of um, uh, shopping uh, centre. And I think for those reasons, it's probably got a good future. But um, it's still a worry to me because obviously with, you know, a recession or depression coming, um, no one can tell really you know, how many tenants can survive and whether, whether they can make, make ends meet. I mean, we can, we can help them, but really that's my, you know, top on my list really, I guess, is, is keeping the tannery um, going like it was. How hard is that going to be? Um, because everyone, as you said, is very uncertain about the future. Uh, will people want to go back to shops? Will people to shop online? You know, there's so many uncertainties. What What are you hearing from the retailers themselves? How are they coping? Um, I don't think people are going to be satisfied shopping online. I mean, we we've got a we we haven't got an ordinary um, um, like we've we've probably got something a little bit different to an ordinary shopping centre. It's a, it is a place where you can go and it, you know, there's there's peace and quiet there. It's a different environment. I think I, I don't know. I I am I'm, I'm sure people will come back and shop. I, I don't think that's I think that's a given. Um, we 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 weren't reliant on tourism, and I think I feel sorry for people. Um, you know the developments that have happened in town because they're going to be hit for six. Yeah. But but um, we 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 you know, we we rely on our on our sort of Port Hills um, catchment and really everyone over over New Zealand has come there because they know about it. It's a destination that that people come to. So I I, th I think well I believe we're fine, um, but mm. time will tell. Well, I, I certainly hope so. It's, it's a beautiful development. I've been there many, many times. And, you know, congratulations to you. But you've obviously got a team around you. So the next question is, how important is that team uh, to have good people around you? How important is that for you? Well, it's very good. I mean, um, the, 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 the tannery team is quite small, but uh, very effective and very, very dedicated to what they're doing. Uh, um, that's you know that, that that is certainly important. I mean, we 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 know our tenants well. We get on with them. Uh, I know quite a few of them personally. Sort of their, their friends. I I I I know quite a bit about their businesses, um, and I think all of that helps. Um, of course, the, the the tannery is sort of home to the Castles brand, and and we've got we've got various. Um, Hospitality businesses there. I mean, we've got um, Castles Blue Smoke uh, music venue, and that's that was just. I mean, we just closed that down, really. But we we um, we always see we always see a need for it. I mean, we've we've never made money out of out of Blue Smoke. It, it's a sort of a, it's a it's a loss making proposition, I think, for any music venue. But we'll still continue to do it as long as we can afford it. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll reopen that, although what it looks like, I don't know. I mean, groups of under 100, um, you know, it, 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 I would say it would still be um, a popular place to go. I mean, it, it'll, it, it'll probably be one of the only places open that's, that's doing music. So I guess we, we will get good patronage. Um, we had, we had, we had a um, tannery um, events um, business where we ran sort of, Big uh, functions and gala dinners, and, and I guess that's 
well, we lost about a million dollars worth of bookings uh, postponed or cancelled. So that's that's given us a bit of a hiding. That that business really is going to be mothballed for um, several more months. Uh, and you know, unfortunately, we might have to lose a few staff there. But um, uh, you know, that's just that's just a um, that's just a sadness that really will um, that we have to deal with. Um, well, a lot of people are having to sort of face those tough questions at the moment, aren't they? And yeah, both yeah. sides of the ledger, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. T- tell me about uh, Castles Brewing. Because oh, when, you opened, when you opened the brew bar, you, yeah. you just wanted to open a bar, you had music, you had the great pizza, things were going well, and then you decided to start brewing. So that was the next step. Tell us about that oh, well, step, we, getting we, into the brewing side of things. Okay, we, we, we were sort of brewing. Well, we, we started brewing in, in 2009. Uh, you know, well before the earthquake. Ah, oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, no, we we did, and and we um, if you're from Littleton, we we we, we well, we used to go to the the farmers market there and sell beer, and we had a okay. we had a um we had a quite a sustainable sort of take on the whole thing because we 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 bottled into um flip top bottles and bought the bottles back for a dollar each, so there was no bottles lying around, and we we re you know took the labels off and. Resold beer the next the next week and we, it was it was a a little sustainable hobby sort of business that that, that went quite well. Then we decided to get uh, a little bit bigger and we built quite a quite a a, a big wood fired kettle. Um, we had that going before the earthquake, but after the earthquake it just fell over and we had to rebuild it and we re, we we rebuilt it where it it still is in the in in the brew bar and it's sort of it's quite a feature. It's got sort of big um, brass top, and we we've we've done thousands of brews on it, and it um, has uh, had had performed quite well for us. But it was only a small scale operation, and we we really wanted to put our brand out there and and get big. And I guess that uh, was either a might might not have been a wise decision, but but once we um, once we started to commit to it, um, we had to sort of pour. I, I had to. T- Sort of pour millions of dollars into the production brewery, which is at the other end of the tannery site, mm-hmm. and um, that's sort of um, grown and got bigger. Um, we've um, got quite a powerful sales force in New Zealand now. We've got good growth in grocery and liquor channels. We're doing quite well. Um, we've got um, well before the virus, we've we had a. Uh, a sales team in the UK, and that we were getting into uh, a lot of bars, but that's sort of um, all over, unfortunately. So that that sort of caused a few casualties over there as well. Um, but um, everything was coming right for us. I mean, we we won we won a international award with um, London or the International Beer Awards gave us the prize for being the, the best stout uh, and porter in the world, which is Really, really quite a prestigious um, uh, thing to happen. Um, last time uh, um, a New Zealand company got such an award was 40 years ago, I think. Steinlager won best uh, lager in the world. So, so since then, no New Zealand breweries ever got to that pinnacle. That really, um, that really gave us a lot of impetus. And I guess in in the UK, where things look a bit sad now, we are uh, getting a lot of traction into um, into um, off-premise uh, 
retail, which is really what where we want to end up. But um, we're talking to quite a few big chains over there, so we do see our we do see our products getting on on uh, you know out on on in, into big stores in the UK. That's really our dream. But that's still that's still happening. Um, even with coronavirus, we're talking to um, to buyers now in, in, in big chains in the UK. So it, 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 even though times are bad and and things look sort of down, we're still expanding. So um, yeah. I know that uh, Ernie Hunter from Hunter Wineries, no longer with us, sadly, he won a large international wine award for his. Sauvignon Blanc years ago, I think it was late 70s, early 80s, and that opened the gateway for the Sauvignon Blanc industry as it is now. Do you think your award, your world-winning award for the Stout and the Porter will open similar floodgates for New Zealand brews? It, 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 it could do. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's hard to export beer. It's easier to export wine. Beer, beer is a, right. di- a, different, a different piece. Um, it, it, it's got to be, you know, you've got to you've got to export it in refrigerated containers. You've got to handle it properly. But and really, some styles do better than others. Luckily, milk stout is a beer that travels well and lasts mm-hmm. well. So we think there's a big market for that. And, and you know, I remember Ernie Hunter winning that award. I was, I remember it vividly. Uh, you know, I just couldn't believe it. You know, a New Zealand, yeah. a New Zealand winery winning top in the world. I just thought, how could this happen? And really, I was having those thoughts. When we won the when when we won the award that we did, I just couldn't quite believe that we got to that pinnacle. But um, I think um, I think there's a whole lot of things that are turning against New Zealand. I mean, we've well not just New Zealand against the globe. I mean, Western the Western uh, economies don't seem to have handled coronavirus well at all, and as a consequence, there will, there will be. There will be a depression and probably other other sorts of disruption, but you know down here in the in the antipodes we've we haven't got it. Well, hopefully we won't have it anymore. And you know even that will probably generate an enthusiasm for our for our food and beverage and our agricultural products. I think um, I really think it puts us back onto the world stage with with quality and just the. You know how how do we escape the virus? Presuming we do, I think I think all of that is positive for our country. What would you say to someone listening in in the hospitality industry? Um, what would you say about dealing with the tight times that we have directly ahead of us? Um, you know, what what would you say is the best approach? Stay afloat? How to change? How to adapt to these times? Have you got any thoughts on that? I, I haven't really. I, I I feel look. I mean the. The hospitality business. I mean, like, if you're talking about bars, and I guess it's there's a there's a wide range of hospitality. But if you look at um, if you look at bars, you know, I heard a terrible uh, prediction that a third of the bars in Christchurch are going to close in the next um, few months, and that's entirely possible. But what's worse, and and what's and and you know, our friends from Ghost Brewing will, will probably you know be worried about this as well. But what what's worse is that the people that will go and shut their doors will be the independents, the the, the multinational companies that you know run Lion and DB and Independent Liquor. They're 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 the, they're the big boys from overseas. They've got huge big pockets. Their bars won't go broke. Well, even if they do, they'll 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 still be going with another another um another licensee. So really, it'll impact on 
it'll impact on our outlets. You know, the outlets for the for, for the for the um, for the small craft breweries. Our our on trade business looks quite sick. And and I mean, I, I I don't know any advice I can I can give people in the on trade, especially in bars. I think it's just, it's just it's just tight. I think I think people have to. Um, People just have to do. I mean, the ones that have been there for a while will will, will hang in, but I, I I feel really sad for the industry. I, I do. We started out, and you said that uh, you're spending a lot of the lockdown dreaming. Uh, I I can concur with that. I'm a big dreamer myself. Are, are you an optimist at heart, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, day, no, once I, we get through this. Yeah, no, I am. I I am. I I think some of that optimism I was um, alluding to before, and I think I think. Um, when you talk about optimism, you think you think of your own situation, and I see that I see that our um, I see that our products, especially our milk stout, which is full of uh, New Zealand milk, you know, it's I mean, liter for liter, it's got, it's got as much lactose as milk. You know, it's it's a it's a pure New Zealand product, and I think that that will have a that will have more appeal uh, to an overseas uh, buyer. Um, just of where we are now with, with with coronavirus and how we how we we've managed to avoid it. I, I think I th- I'm hugely optimistic about our uh, opportunities. We we exported um, three containers to China. One was a 40 foot container uh, when they when they were in lockdown. I mean, um, and that, they were just packed to the brim with milk stout. And I those orders are going to come in again. And and I, I, I'm I'm optimistic about our own our own business, but I, I can just see the pe- some of the customers that we've been dealing with are in are just in for a, for a really hard time. I, I, I don't I can't see I, I just can't see I really can't see a future for some of them. I I, I know that's terrible, but uh, that's um, that's how it is. Your family. Uh, it seems to me, outside looking in, that you've got a great family around you. I've, I've been watching mm. one of your sons doing his cooking shows using the milk stout as one of the key ingredients, and he's just doing some <laughs> cooking stuff in the backyard during lockdown. And, and he's he's really good. He's uh, you know he's a great host in a dry, laconic yeah. way. Uh, how important is the family to you? Oh, well, it's it's the business, isn't it? Like, I mean, really, um, family has always been an important part of our lives. Um, you know, I've got a daughter in um, I've got a daughter in uh, university in Wellington, but the the rest of our family, there's four um, four other families uh, around the Port Hills here, cl- closer to town. Some in Littleton and and some in Heathcote and Mount Pleasant. But you know, the, there's eleven grandchildren out there in those bubbles, and, and they're all the, the the family is important, and all of them really are involved in one way or another in the business, either as partners or working in it. And it's um, it's really family that gives you strength. Uh, it's it's um, it has its problems at times a family business, but it also has mm-hmm. it also has huge strengths which you can call on. And I yeah. guess in some in some way that's why we're here. Well, Alastair, it's been absolutely fantastic uh, talking to you today. I wish you every success in the months ahead, and by the the sounds of things. Um, You'll have some some parts of the business that'll be going gangbusters and others that you're going to have to put some work into. But I wish you every success and thanks for your time today. Good. Thank you. Cheers. Another business in the same industry as Castles and Sons is Ghost Brewing. And we've got Managing Director Muz Mawler here. 
Uh, what's, what's your situation at the moment? Uh, where are you? How are you coping? What's happening in your life there, Mars? Yeah, well, the situation, uh, like a lot of other people um, who couldn't work in level four, level three, um, just have become a homeschool teacher, <laughs> um, <laughs> which has been a, an experience. Um, done a lot of bike riding. Um, and, you know, it just felt very fortunate that I was in a situation that we could um, essentially park up uh, my business, which was, um, you know, a, a blessing, really. Um, you know, if, if you couldn't, and, and I mean, thank goodness, I mean, we, we, the way we've set up our company, it's, um, we, you know, we're very lucky we don't have rent per se. I mean, we have, we, we rent a chiller container, but that's so cheap. It's like, that's basically our only massive overhead. Um, so we're very lucky that we were able to just park everything up and get everything in a situation where we can just wait um, for the levels to go down, basically. Um, can, you, can you tell us about Ghost Brewing? How, how does that work? Um, so basically, we started just over six years ago um, with the idea of um, Ghost Brewing obviously coming from the the analogy of ghost producing is in uh, who wrote Robbie Williams tracks. No one knows. Does anyone really care? Um, <laughs> so we did the same thing for beer. We um, launched it with the idea that we'd have most of our clients rebranding most of our beers. Um, that's slowly changing as we, as we realized that um, we want to develop our own brands and ideas, but that was the initial idea of why we kicked off. And um, it was certainly a, a fun way to kick off the project. Um, we are very fortunate that we're, we can brew at Three Boys. Um, so uh, when we first started, we had a, a nightmare trying to find a building. Um, and uh, so we were lucky enough to um, have Ralph uh, welcome us in and I could move all my fermenters and tanks. And um, I had a lot of gear, actually, so I managed to move most of it in. And then what I couldn't fit in, um, I had a little baby brewery, but I sold that. Um, and yeah, just, just moved into three boys and we've been there basically since the start, really. So a lot of your market though, has been forced to close through lockdown cafes and bars that would use ghost brewing and rebrand the beer under their yep. own name. Yep. How is it looking into that market for you at the moment, uh, for, for when we get out of the whole lockdown and level twos and carry on from there? How's that? How, how's the business looking? Uh, well, we, we, we're essentially dead in the water right now. Um, we, we're not trading. We, you know, we've got no cash flow. Um, and, yeah, we're essentially just parked up. I mean, all, all of our clients are bars and restaurants, so there's no real, um, you know, we don't have packaged beer. We don't, we don't sell to supermarkets or anything like that. So, you know, we, we really are on, on hold. Um, and, you know, we've been working through with our clients to see when they're going to be opening and, you know, when they can pay, that's been a bit of a tough one. Um, but, you know, we're essentially hoping that level two will be some form of cash flow coming forward, which will be, um, which will be great. <laughs> um, it's been, it's only what, you know, it's week seven, isn't it? But it's, it's, it's mm. felt like a very long time. What are you hearing from the hospitality industry at the moment? Uh, uncertainty, I guess, is one thing, but what else are you hearing? Yeah, uh, you know, a bit of worry. Uh, no, no one's really panicked, but you know, there's certainly there's certainly a, a fair amount of concern out there. Um, one of the themes are, uh, you know, most landlords seem to be pretty 
pretty good. So um, I haven't heard um, any bad things uh, uh, towards any landlords, which I, I think is incredibly awesome. Mm. Um, but everyone is, you know, they are quite worried about the future. I mean, I kind of feel that when we do open, it'll be a little bit like Boxing Day for a little bit um, in the fact that we haven't been able to go to venues and all that. So it might take off and it, look, with a hiss and a roar and go really well for a few days um, and then, then you know, calm down. But my concern is maybe not for the short, short term, but when we do open, how does the new unemployment levels look? Um, you know, because, you know, going out to restaurants and bars, you know, it, it is a bit of a treat for some people. And if we get too high unemployment, that could really be uh, a, another thing that's coming um, that we haven't really, you know, really looked at properly yet. You know, it's, um, you know, so that, that that's a bit of a concern as well. Um, you know, e even with uh, the, the announcement yesterday with, you know, you can only sit down um, at bars. You know, there's no clubs. You know, we, we supply a few clubs um, and, you know, dance music venues. And so, you know, they're still waiting. They won't be able to open in level two. So, um, yeah, just I, I the uncertainty of the future is, is is a bit of a worry. I think that's the biggest worry that I've got. It's, it's, it's all very well being ready to go um, and, and into the world again when we can, when we can but yeah to get a feel of what that actually looks like and feels like is um yeah it's 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 kind of scary um kind of exciting but it's 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 definitely a concern i have going forward because one of the the rock stars over the last few years certainly very exciting part of the hospitality industry has been the craft brew industry that's just exploded in the last decade around new zealand yep. um and a lot of those small businesses would be like you where cash flow is stopped immediately and they'll be in exactly that same boat. But what's happening in the craft brew industry around New Zealand right now? What's going on? Uh, so mo mo most have parked up. I've noticed a few guys making gins actually. Um, right. You know, with a couple of those really small guys have made some, um, some gin that I can't wait to get my hand on. So that seems to be whether that's uh, going to be a new thing. I don't know, but it, it's kind of cracks me up. There's been two or three gin, Makers come out of nowhere. Um, uh, I'd say it's it's the slightly bigger guys that are not not in trouble, but certainly um, they're pushing pretty hard. Um, you know, I think of the the, the epics, uh, the behemoths. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of flow on. There's a, seems to be a lot of um, uh, new sort of um, website services to get it to the home market. So that's been a big trend I've noticed. Um, it seems to have been about maybe four or five new um, sort of delivery systems that have um, popped up, um, which is pretty exciting. I, I thought that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly made people a lot smarter with their targeted marketing. They're really um, reaching out to their fan bases and really drawing on that um, you know, buy local, um, which I think is really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, I guess a lot of people like me, we, you know, we're all parked up. We've got a, a lot of kegs ready to go in the chiller and um, ho hopefully um, it takes off with a bang when we can get into the bars and restaurants. One of the things um, I've always admired and respected about you, Mars, is you get an idea and then you get out there and you can make it happen. And yep. we've talked about pivoting a lot yep. in this podcast series and it's, it's been one of the buzzwords for COVID-19. 
But yep. you have come up with this new idea for the New Zealand Beer Exchange. Can you That's tell right. us about about that and and what it's all about? Yeah. Um, so it, it's an idea I came up with about. It's, it, it's, it's definitely not a COVID idea. The beauty of COVID, I guess, it's given me the time to finish mm. it, um, which has been uh, a bit of a blessing, actually. Um, so we came up with the idea about a year ago um, as, as a way to speed up cash flow for small producers like myself. Um, I mean, essentially, we, we, we produce a beer. Um, by the time it's ready, I've paid for everything, excise, the, the labor, the ingredients, the lot. So we're already in a, you know, we're already behind straight away. And then we, when we begin to start selling it to bars, you know, it could take two, three months to sell it all and maybe another month to six weeks before that cash flow uh, is finished for that particular brew. And I thought, well, this is, wow. this is crazy. It's getting, you know, it's, it's okay when you've been going a while, um, but, you know, to start up, it's, it's, it's just hard work. So I thought there's got to be a better way. Um, and then, I, I sort of went back to my sort of courier days. I used to be a bike messenger when I was in my late teens. And I thought, man, it's just like there's got to be an easy way to sell, move, speed up cash flow all at once. And then I thought, well, everyone's getting used to online buying anyway, and everyone's got their credit card ready to go. And I thought, well, let's give it a nudge and see if bars will um, pick up on this and actually be willing to use their credit card to purchase beer um, you know, immediately, uh, speeding up the cash flow for the little guys. Um, and we create a payment gateway and logistics system where order is made. Um, we take the order, we tell the brewery, um, yep, we've got an order from you. Um, Curry's on its way. Here's the sticker to put on the product. Um, and then, yeah, we manage the entire logistics side of it, the sales side. And then when the bar says, yep, we've got the beer, we release the money and the, the, the brewery's paid. Um, I think it's about four days, four, four or five days um, after the transaction's complete um, via this payment gateway system that we're using. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a, a great way to take the risk off the smaller producers. Um, bars are using their credit cards for the transaction. And then we put, we put that risk back onto the banks. Um, and there's a lot of benefits to using your credit card anyway, because essentially if you buy at the start of the month, you've got a full month of credit anyway. Um, mm -hmm. And then you get fantastic benefits like, you know, cash back, air points um although hair points are probably not much use right now but um you know there's there's a there's a whole bunch of um you know benefits that you get from from a credit card that you can't actually get from a just a standard um invoice system so um, so there's two was, groups involved in that there's the uh the craft brewer and yep. then there is the purchase at the cafe or the bar wherever they happen to be what's the uptake been like well, at the moment, we're in um, stock in the fridge stage, basically. So what I'm doing at the moment, I'm spending a lot of time on the phone talking to brewers, explaining the system, um, which, uh, which has been good, actually. I mean, we've only, we only really um, publicly announced it uh, about eight days ago. So we're, we're pretty much getting, like, on average, about two breweries a day wanting to sign up, which is great. Fantastic. So it's, and it's that process of helping the brewers log in um, you know, uh, populate their profile, um, you know, get the beers up, help them select their pricing. Um, gives me time to go into our back end and ensure that I've got real time live pricing that's, you know, matching what, um, you know, I think is right in this little matrix uh, system that I've built in the back. Um, so overall, it's, it's, it's been positive. It's, it's definitely just a level two and level one idea. Um, it's, it's not um, uh, brewery to consumer, it's brewery to bar. Um, that, that was the whole. Um, 
focus of the site. I really wanted something to really create a community around that brewery um, and bar. And, and then the, the, the third part, obviously, sliding into that is um, the logistics side and, and having that real just-in-time um, you know, uh, offering that a lot of other you know, classic distro, they, they sort of do, but it's just different. You know, it's like um, you know, the classic distro model, you know, brewers send all the beer to the distributor and it sits in a, you know, in a chiller that the distributor owns and then it goes out from there like Hub & Spoke where this is a lot more point-to-point. -point. So, you know, a brewery could be anywhere in the country and the bar could be anywhere in the country and it doesn't matter where we are. We just um, facilitate the order and, and get it there and, 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 and the beer doesn't actually move until it's sold. So, which I think is a little bit more efficient, um, especially from a carbon footprint point of view. It's, there's less travel um, for the product. Um, um, it, the first instance, we are, we are only doing ambient um, deliveries. Um, I hope as this takes off and we get more requests for it, we'll create a second arm uh, for the delivery side, which will be point-to-point -point refrigerated delivery, which would be a pretty exciting project. If we can nail that, that would be something I'd really like to explore and, um, and nail. But I, I guess it's, the, you know, we'll, we'll get it going first, make sure it works properly, make sure everyone's happy with it, and then start, um, yeah, start fine-tuning it and getting it really, really efficient. What's the website called? Uh, it's nzbex.nz. So, uh, yeah, New Zealand Beer Exchange. Um, NZ New Zealand Beer. It's such a simple idea, and uh, it's like all, a lot of great ideas. It's the simplicity of it that really makes it work. Yeah. Um, hey, so, so what, uh, what sort of flavours are coming through, you know? When, when you talk with all these different brewers, what, what, what are they doing at the moment? What trends are happening in the craft brew industry? Yeah, well, I mean, but before this happened, hazies have been the big new thing. Um, I mean, sours and whatnot are still very popular, uh, but it seems like the, the hazy craze has definitely become the new sour. Um, especially I've, I've noticed a lot of home brewers, you know, um, doing a lot of hazies. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of them. Um, I, re I really enjoy the flavours. Um, I, I really like them that in, in the you've got, to, you've got to drink them when they're quite fresh. You know, you certainly don't age a hazy. Um, that's, my, that's just my opinion. But um, they're definitely, you know, fresh is best of those beers. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's been a big one. I noticed that because I went to both uh, the big Great Kiwi Beer Festivals this summer. Um, I noticed the South Island's a lot wilder than the North Island. That was quite an interesting... Um, how do you, how do you mean wilder? Well, there's there's a few breweries down here. I mean, there's dudes doing foams. I mean, I had a I had this weird. It was like a lemon cheesecake um, sour, um, and then it was finished off with this like this milky frothy stuff on the top. It was just like, and it tasted like a cheesecake. I was just like, this is out the gate, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was I was really quite blown away by it. It's it's you know some of the brewers are literally turning into. You know, they're really going next level. You know, it's almost, you know, chef styles, you know. Um, I mean, it'd be pretty hard to replicate in a bar, um, but in, in, in the sense of, a, of a, um, a beer festival where the brewer's actually doing it themselves, it made a lot of sense. It was, it was really wild, you know, really out there, really cutting edge. Um, and, um, yeah, I noticed that, uh, you know, a fair amount at the Christchurch um, Beer Fest. Um, North Island was definitely... I wouldn't say tamer, but you know, it didn't see any foams or anything like that. Um, but um, you know, um, I, definitely the the, the um, sort of the quality of the North Island breweries in terms of th their setups was at a higher level. Um, you know, some pretty flash retro V dubs, 
you know, retrofitted with taps and all that. It was, um, it was pretty cool to see, actually. It was really um, inspiring. And what's your favourite beer right now in uh, lockdown? What, what, what's your uh, go-to? Tough question, I know. Yeah, it is. Beer a, is a good beer, but yeah. what's your favourite at the moment? Well, not to float my own boat or anything, but I will. Um, my, <laughs> my, um, my delicious Hefeweizen is always my go-to. I love wheat beers, especially the German styles. Um, absolutely adore them. So, um, yeah, pre-lockdown, I, I, I snuck a, a kegerator in my, in my garage and filled it with a couple of kegs. So I've been, um, you know, helping myself to that and uh, keeping the uh, the neighbours lubricated as well, which has been a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been pretty, pretty cool. We got Ross from uh, Ice Cream Charlie just down the road from my house. So I've been trading beers for ice creams for the kids. So there's been a lot of trading going on. It's been great. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, lovely. Because you're a busy man, you know. You, you, you've been running a, a radio station from your spare room at the moment as well, just as a, a something to do at home. Yeah. Well, it's not even as flesh as the spare room. I just set it up in the garage. Um, uh-huh. So that was pretty cool. It was, um, you know, I thought, hell, you know, it's, it's, I thought, I've got to do something. I was like, I'm just going to go mental. Um, so, yeah, just rummaged around, the, um, rummaged around the garage and pretty much had everything I needed except for one cable, which I managed to scrounge off a mate. Um, and yeah, just went for it. Went went live on um, on a little station I built with some friends called Eight K dot NZ, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was a, there was a good five weeks. I ju- I just stopped doing the breakfast show um, just because of NZ Bex really sort of consuming a lot more of my time. So I thought yeah um, yeah fun times were over. Better get better knuckle down again. Um, but I still do my um, weekly nightly show on Wednesday nights. So that's you know that's that's always a bit of a yeah you got to have a bit of a music outlet. Um, mm. I, I've always needed it in my life, so it's um, it's well. Fun. That's the best uh, board and buster we've come across, Mars. We've spoken to a lot of people in this podcast series, and people have been watching Netflix, uh, listening to podcasts, reading books, but no one set up their own radio station in the garage. So you're, yeah. you're first. Yeah, worker. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been good fun. <laughs> um, and it's been great talking to you. Good luck with uh, Ghost Brewery when you're brewing, when you get that back up and running, and especially yep. the New Zealand Beer Exchange or NZBEX is the website if you want to check that if you're in the hospitality industry. And you can buy beer from the brewer wherever they are in New Zealand and it'll come to your door. That's right. Yeah, to, to your bar. Yeah. To your bar. I'm sorry. To, yeah, to your bar. That's it's, right. it's point to point. Yeah. Mars, yep. thank you so much for talking to us and, and you take care. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, thanks for the call. You've been listening to Canterbury Business, It's the Lowdown, and made with the help of our great partners, the fantastic team at the Canterbury Chamber of Commerce. And don't forget to take advantage of the free webinars they're still running to help businesses with the impact of COVID-19. And you can register on their website, which is cecc.org.nz. And our other partner is Christchurch NZ. They're still releasing that weekly newsletter for all of Canterbury businesses, and they've got a huge amount of information on their website, ChristchurchNZ.com, including details on the Christchurch NZ business support subsidy. And every podcast, we like to give you a little mental health tip because we believe that mental health is one of the things that is also being impacted with COVID-19. For today's mental health tip, we're going back to last week's episode of Sunday on TV One, which featured mental skills coach Aaron Walsh, who is now working with the Chiefs on how to cope during the lockdown. He tells those guys to build a circle of control, so everything you can control goes in the circle, and everything you can't control goes outside of the circle. So if you keep your thoughts and focus on those things in the circle... For example, what you're eating, the exercise and so on, your opportunity to experience anxiety will be significantly reduced. 
So give that a go if you're still experiencing a little anxiety as we move through the lower levels of lockdown. Thanks for listening. You can catch up on all the episodes of this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, as well as our Tandem Studios website, which is tandemstudios.co.nz. You can find the audio there and a link to share through your social media. If you do that, that would be really great. We also love hearing from you. If you've got any questions about lockdown, please get in touch with us, Dave at tandemstudios.co.nz. You've been listening to the Canterbury Business, The Lowdown Podcast, Episode 10, with myself, Dave Dunlay, Tania Green is producing, and Brett Robinson is our engineer. We're all in lockdown and all working from our homes. Stay safe, be kind, and take care.